coming up on the Four Keys podcast. I've ruined a couple of relationships because I'm self-employed and I've been running my own businesses. I value the freedom of working when I wanted to, right? But that also means working all the time when I'm, when I'm with my, my girlfriend or, or my daughter. You don't think of your family in your marketplace and you don't think about the marketplace in your family. If you do this, it will ruin both. So I'm consciously now working on this, making it a habit. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success. So you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. So welcome to the Four Keys podcast. I'm very excited about today's show. We've got some great topics that we're going to be talking about. I'd like to make some introductions. We've got the crew together today. So David, St. Martin, good to have you here. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, buddy. Jan Strom is in the house. How are you? Thank you. Good to see you all. All the way from Norway. I hear there's a lot of snow there, Jan. Oh, huge dump again. 30 centimeters in the last 12 hours. So literally torn up your schedule to be on the mountain. Yep, yep. Not a lot of work being done the last few days. This is valuable though still, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's like mindfulness, right? You know, you time out, reflection, strategic thinking. And we've got the legend, Mike Gaffney in the house. How are you doing? Good to have you here, Mike. Great to be here today. Yeah, always good to have you here. So guys, what are some of the topics you want to talk about today? We've got some great questions from the community. We'll go through those a bit later. What sort of topics are you going to be talking about, Mike? For me today, I've been focusing throughout last year on the power of inside-out living built around habits. The four keys has taught me lots of great habits, the 10 daily habits. A lot of them are what I call extrinsic habits. I've been going deep on intrinsic habits, and I want to do a share on that today. Yeah, do you know what? That's something I see in leaders is that shift from extrinsic to intrinsic. When they go from, I'm doing this because I want to be the top leader in the business to I'm doing this because I want to see other people thrive and I get a reward from that. It's quite a transition, I think for people. But you've talked about this a lot around meditation and working inside out, working with the mindset, and you've had some great results. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, and what about you? You've got some things you're going to be talking about today. It'd be great to hear your thoughts and what's happening for you. I think it's a great topic. What Mike mentioned that I had some revelations during the last two weeks over Christmas when it comes to intrinsic and extrinsic habits and motivation, actually. So I think it's a great topic. Let's double down on that. I think that's something that we can talk about going into this year, 2023, might be a bumpy ride for business owners, kind of keeping hold of that intrinsic motivation, what drives us, what's the purpose. And we were going to talk about the difference between goals and intentions, something that's come up a lot in the group and how it's changed our behavior, like thinking about what I intend to do, how I intend to show up versus this is what I want to achieve. Maybe there's a balance between the two. What about you, Saint? Yes, I'd love to talk about reigniting the alcohol-free journey. So. I'll talk through just the journey of 2021 and how that massively impacted my alcohol-free journey and how I need to reignite it into 2023. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to talk about that as well because I think we've had a similar sort of journey. You know, having gone my 30 days, then I got it out to 90 days. Never been a massive drinker. Maybe in my teens, I would have the odd binge, probably even in my 40s as well. That feeling of sobriety, the productivity, the increase, and having gone then alcohol-free for 18 months, And then 
relaxing a little bit over Christmas, having a few drinks. I, I think I shared with you guys before that I had a drink with my mum, you know, because I obviously lost my brother last year and we had a drink together. But the impact it had on me physically, mentally, the inflammation, the back pain, all those sort of things started creeping back in again. I'm back on that because I, I just see the value in it. So I'd love to hear more about your journey on that one. All right, who's going to kick us off then? So let's talk about this intrinsic versus extrinsic. For people that are listening in and going, I've kind of heard it, I've read about it in the books, don't really know what it means, this difference between intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation. How can it benefit someone? And why would it be useful in, in 2023 with what's coming on and what's going on in the world? I'll kick us off just to sort of stimulate our debate on this. My first year, 2021, was embedding what I call intrinsic habits that have made me feel healthier than I've ever felt over the last two years. So great sleep preparation, great hydration habits, nutrition habits, all of those habits have made a huge difference to my life in terms of my health which has had the spin-on effect in my relationships and made me better at business. But I still wake up often, sometimes first thing in the morning, with that sort of nagging anxiety about what I've not done and what could go wrong and what went wrong yesterday and task lists and things like that. And it got me thinking about what us guys know about is the power of habit. We know about that. Everybody in our community knows about that. And it feels like a natural evolution of external habit is to work on internal habits. It's the habit of mind, knowing how to move out of survival state, where we're worried about what's not happening and worried about what we want, and worried about success and achievement, and money in the bank, and all of those worried about possessions even, all of those things in our external life. Those things can take us automatically without even knowing it's happening into what is called survival state. And when you're in survival state, you can't create. So you can't be great at business. You can't be great at relationships. Your health suffers because when you're in survival state, you're doing damage to your vital organs. So if we can create a set of habits that work on the outside, why can't we do the same on the inside? And that's what I've been experimenting with. I love that. There's a few things in there, Mike, that I'd like to just sort of pick apart i don't know if anyone else has got anything to say about that but the things you're talking about seem so basic drink water stay hydrated get up move the body stretch you know these kind of things that seem obvious the cold shower for some people right that might put you in survival mode literally why do we think people find it hard in theory yet yeah, makes sense get up drink some water move the body do some breath work jump in the cold shower set your intentions for the day what why why is it hard to do is it because there's not that kind of instant gratification it's like i'm not getting a result straight away and maybe we're in a world now where we're getting results so fast you know likes on social media now everything is instant you know i do a deal i get money i buy this is there something in that just want to open up to the group what if we talk about what you're saying patience here andrew there's no patience anymore if you go back let's say 50 100 years 200 years you had to have patience because everything was seasonal right you planted the seed over the spring and summer. You saw your food grow and you harvested in the fall. It was all about patience. And you were doing the same things over and over again. Very habitual living, right? We don't have that anymore. We go to the store. We get the quick fix. We get our food. We get a relationship. We change a relationship, new phone. Boom, boom, boom. Everything happens very fast. We're not used to having patience. 
So what I've discovered as well is what Mike talks about is having patience to transform. So I started this journey with extrinsic habits, right? All these habits that we've implemented in the Four Keys Mastermind, which has helped me evolve and grow. And, and it's over time, over two years now, it's given me patience. And it's given me the understanding of I need patience to accept my growth, right? It takes time. Change takes time. And once you start accepting that, you can really dig deeper. So what Mike talks about, I've had a revelation the last couple of weeks when it comes to this instinctic habits as well. What Nir Eyal talks about in his book, Hooked, which I've read a couple of times because of my tech startup, of course, a habit is defined as an automatic behavior triggered by situational cues. We've implemented the extrinsic part of it. And I know Mike is also working on it, working on the instinctic habits, which are come with love, you know, this mental thing that this too shall pass, be present, all these things, they're intrinsic habits that I'm now working on. And when these become habits, when these become automatic behaviors triggered by situational cues, you don't spend energy on them anymore. You come with love, you come with compassion, you come with your presence, and then you can really start focus externally on helping other people because you're not using your energy on establishing habits that's done with, then you can really start focusing on helping others. That's where I'm going now. And I'll share this story with you. It was quite emotional during Christmas. As we know, Alex, who unfortunately can't join us today, he's having issues and with, with his families and his son and, and disease. And, and with my meditation, I've been focusing internally, right? I've been focusing on myself building myself up, opening my heart. And all of a sudden, I discovered, wait, what happened to everything else going on around me? What happened to me being there for others? This is all about me. This is all about my growth. I need to stop thinking about myself all the time. I'm not saying I'm not going to think about myself and continue my growth, but I need to change my focus as well. So I did this meditation for Alex, for his son, and it gave me this epiphany. It's great energy, not focusing internally when I was meditating, but focusing on sending my energy externally. And, and it really woke me up that can't only go inside my own head, only always go inside my own thoughts, but need to be there for others as well. I love that. And that to me is living with purpose, isn't it? Being of service to others. There's something still for me though, that you're still getting your own oxygen mask on first. You're still looking after yourself so you can serve others because obviously the other extreme is that we know there are people out there that all they do is serve others. I don't think my mum is listening to this show. She might be, hello mum, but she is always serving others and not herself. We know people like that. So it sounds to me, Jan, that the epiphany is like this balance. And I love the patience. You've triggered something in me. I'm not naturally a patient person. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but I can jump from one thing to another quite quickly. Historically, that's affected my business because I would lose focus. And one of the things that's really helped me is the morning routine to get patient and also swinging the kettlebell because my coach, Pavel, he said to me, I just want you to do swings and Turkish get-ups, nothing else. And I'm like, yeah, but what about snatches? What about this? What about that? You know, because when I would go to the gym, I'd get bored. One minute I'm trying to do a handstand, next thing I'm trying to do squats and I'm trying to work on the clean. I'm trying to do, you know, all these, different, I'm just, because I'd get bored. And what swinging the kettlebell and just doing swings every day has taught me is patience. But I think the other thing is this kind of sociological problem 
I mean, if we let our kids, if I, if I let my kids, they, they could go from the TV to the iPad, back to the TV, to another device, to this, to that. They could just keep going. And then when they're on TV, they're like, they go from one, they'll start a film. They're five minutes in. I'm going to try a different film. I'm going to try a different film. When we were kids, you had one show a week or you had one film. You, you couldn't do that. And I'm really conscious of it with my kids about helping them develop patience. And they say, this is boring. I'm saying, yeah, but you're developing creativity when you're bored. You know, just be bored. Just go and sit there in the room. And what amazes me is how creative they get then. And actually how better behaved my two kids are, because they will fight. My six and eight-year-old, they will fight. But it's usually when they're fighting over a movie or they're fighting on the couch versus when you put them in the, in the bedroom and get bored, they start creating things. They start building things. And that's, I think, an analogy for us that we, when we have space to think, to reflect, to meditate, we build better things. No, it's great, Andrew. When I refer back to reading Jim Quick's book, Limitless, you know, he talks about what you tell yourself becomes the truth. We all know how powerful our brain is. When you start adding patience to that, it becomes really powerful. Because I know now that when I had this revelation or epiphany that I've been focusing maybe too much on myself, but I, I needed that. I needed to find myself to get to this level. Now that these other thoughts of helping others and being present and meditating externally has come to my mind. It's not that I'm stressed that I'm not where I want to be because I know I've started developing the thought patterns. It's going to keep on developing. It's going to take time. I'm not going to change tomorrow. It's going to take three, six, 12 months for me to change, but that's okay. I've started the process and I'm happy just being in the process. Just discovering it makes me happy. It's a win, right? I love it. You know, when we talk about transformation, I think, well, we can have several transformations, can't we, over our life? And uh, it's kind of never ending and we keep leveling up. And I really like what you say, Mike, about, you know, you level up your mindset or you change your mindset and the whole world around you changes. But often we find ourselves trying to fix others, trying to solve their problems, because if I can solve everyone else's problem, they can be better, then my life will be easier. And actually, it just starts with us looking in the mirror and going, I fundamentally need to change. And if I can change from the inside out, the world around me starts to change. It's amazing when you see it. Saint, how does this play into your, your experience? I'd love to hear how this relates to your journey, alcohol, and tell us more about that. Yeah, I mean, just going back to the intrinsic side, one of the things I've noticed for me in the past, because it was enduring, because it was so new, you needed that motivation to continue it. And I think if you can get beyond this is, yes, it's enduring, yes, transformation isn't easy. And I think that's why people don't necessarily do as much as they could do because they just think, oh, it's just too much hard work. It's too much hard work to monitor, am I drinking two litres of water a day? It's too much hard work to stretch out in the morning or to sit down and with my thoughts, you know, whether or not I'm crossing my legs, or I'm sitting on a chair with my back straight for 20 minutes and not think about anything. It's too much. Let me go back to what I feel comfortable with. Everything's habitual, you know, brushing our teeth. You know, imagine us not brushing our teeth in the morning. I don't think we have too many close friends in our facility. So for me, yeah, self-gratification is a big thing. But I think I always love the way you package what you say. And you'd be surprised how much it marinates, you know, in my thoughts, the way you explain things. And since we've spoke about this journey, and it was more so last year, Mike, the transformation for me around my thoughts have been impactful. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in another session, but I know when you talk about Joe Dispenser having two hours of meditation a day, 
who has that time. But actually, when you think about the gaps, the breaks, do you need to watch a 30 minute episode on Netflix that you've seen before? Use that time to reflect. You know, and it's not all about humming and being all fluffy. It's about just sitting comfortably in your fault. So, yeah. So, look, just in terms of where I'm at with my journey. So, I've always had a drink. I've liked to drink. You know, red wine's my flavor of choice. Um, but through 2020 in the pandemic, I noticed everything got amplified. And I think it got amplified for a lot of people. But for me, more so, it was socially drinking by myself. And that one glass of wine became one bottle and, and it got to a stage where I really had to sit down in a corner, talk to myself and say, look, what's going on? So 2021, you know, being part of this amazing group um, enabled me to go again, very similar. It was a, you know, let's get through January 1st and then suddenly let's rather than make it 90 days, let's make it 100 days. At the end of it, it was, you know, a whole year that went through without. So I knew that I didn't have a problem. I knew that I could use certain other defenses if I'm happy or if I'm sad I don't need to result to picking up a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon. 2022 comes and I then felt comfortable to then be able to have a drink if I wanted to if I'm going out with my wife on a, a very rare 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 date night happy to pick up a glass of wine. However in October just gone I have my kid brother he lives out in Dubai he's been out there for 10 years I think I last saw him about four or five years ago, but this year he suffered uh, a major heart attack. And he's only young, he's 35, suffered a heart attack. I weren't there, he's out in Dubai, and it was a big, big shock to me. So he then comes to the UK, and rather than going out and having a nice, gentle time and having experiences, we just decided to go over the top, going to find restaurants, pretty much drinking far too much, eating far too much red meat, I then decided to ship over to Dubai for a week. So for really, for three and a half, almost four weeks, every routine that I had for the last almost 20 months went out the window, which was a bit of a shock. And it was a shock to my wife because she felt that I was reverting back into this character that needed a drink to enjoy myself. But the shock really, gents, and to the audience is because I'm a type 2 diabetic. And I've been a type 2 diabetic now for 10 years, just about controlling my blood sugars. But when I've had my recent blood tests, literally before Christmas, my HbA1cs, which is the guide in terms of the glucose in your, your system, were through the roof. And they stay in your system for three months. So I then reflect back and I think, wow, so three months previous was October. I hit it half October. And for me now, being told by my consultant, my GP, that the next level of bloods, if they're high, I then have to be insulin dependent. How can alcohol or the enjoyment or that one break of having alcohol is going to affect my whole body and potentially the rest of your life massively the rest of my life so although we talk about new year fresh start uh, new year's resolutions and i've never been into that because again i know we'll talk about intentions and goals shortly but for me i started the alcohol free journey on the 22nd of december so rather than let's get christmas out of the way you know let's get new year's just in case you know i want to go out and party so i had to force myself as soon as I got those results to go, right, now my journey starts again rather than waiting. Good for you, man. And and also, I would love to hear, and you can be completely honest, I mean, if it was an amazing time, Dubai was awesome, you know, great stories, great experience, you know, it was awesome to spend that time with your brother. What is the contrast for you between those two? Because I, I guess to give you a bit of context, I've started to realize that life is just better without it. It feels better without alcohol. Then I would sort of justify, oh, yeah, but just one or two and here and there and just socialize and so on. And, you know, coming from a sports background, there's always that irony. If you're in a sports world, you tend to drink more for some reason. You know, it's that kind of locker room antics and um, 
post-game beers and all that kind of stuff. So what's the shift for you? What's the biggest motivation now? I mean, obviously you shared that this could be harmful to you. Yeah, so I've got to reflect on the fact that I've got a long life to live. And, you know, it's a crippling condition if it's not controlled. To be told it's not being controlled and pretty badly not being controlled will suddenly highlight and amplify how quickly ailments will then start to kick in. But I have to now recognize I've got a wonderful teenage son who needs his father, needs my energy massively. I lost my father at 47 and I was only 20, you know, so not that history repeats itself and, you know, we're on a different you know level. But if I look at the decisions that he decided not to make, I very closely came to those same choices back in 2020. So why am I going to reignite that versus actually, no, I've got a long, very happy life to give and I've got so much value to add, but I've got to, you know, continue these choices. So it was a wonderful time. The best time in Dubai changed massively in the last 17 years since I last went there. But I could have had just as good of a time without the need to consume alcohol. And what I, I love about what you just said is breaking the pattern, the patterns that we inherit from our fathers. Our stories are very similar. My father died at 48. I was 16. And how easy it is to, at such an unconscious level, repeat those patterns. Like it's just, it amazes me. It seems so obvious, but it just amazes me. Okay, well, let's take a break. Let's move into the Q&A. People are sending their questions in. And we've got some questions here from Ben Halfpenny. So a big shout out to Ben. Uh, Ben's a member of the, the Mastermind. Ben is he's currently working on his game plan. So it's that time of year. We're all working on our game plans, thinking about our vision for 2023 and maybe beyond and, and what our 90-day game plans are so we can turn those into reality. And his question, how do you get the balance between too much in the game plan and too little? How do you know? How do you know what is too much and too little to put into your, into your plan? We can sit down and make the longest plan in the world. For me, it comes down to, well, what excites me? Yeah, this might be another topic, but I think there's something about, and I'm only saying this because I heard it on one of these memes on Instagram this morning with Steve Jobs. People often say you can't follow your passion, but I think you can be passionate about what you do. Are you excited? About it? Are you passionate about it? And, and then you don't work a day in your life, right? And that's the saying. What I've discovered, because this was my third year, because I've you know, made New Year's resolutions, I've made plans earlier, but since I started the Mastermind two years ago, I did the vision, right? I, I made a five-year plan, I did a one-year plan, three-year plan, I plan weekly, daily. The first year, I hit all my targets on my vision. It was great. I was really happy. And uh, I don't know what happened to my ego, but it kind of took off, so... This year on my vision, I was far away from hitting some of my targets. So I learned that <laughs> I need more patience. So I think the best thing, you know, that to experience is start doing it and evolve. It's like with everything else. You learn and evolve by setting goals and you see what you can manage, what is too much, what is too little. Andrew, you, you come from sports background. It's like with training. You have to try, test, learn fail and figure out what's best for you not not what's best for mike or or saint but what works for andrew right for me planning is like with everything else in life what works for me works for my personality my way of living and that has to evolve like everything else so there's something about what what is a stretch target for you could be different for someone else and agility the agile thinking of 
well, it's not just set the plan for 90 days and then just go for it. It's set the plan for 90 days, but let's review it on Friday and see what's working, what isn't working, what needs to change, are the tactics working? Is this thing I'm implementing in my relationship with my partner working? Is what I'm doing for my body working? Is what I'm doing my business working and so on? So we kind of got that perspective across the four keys. And I think that's where the mastermind helps because we, we get together, you say some, some things out loud that you don't normally get to talk about. You get someone going, well, why is that important to you? Why would you do that? You go, oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it. But when you have someone kind of hold the mirror up to you, and I think so there's some value in, in that. So just having time, I think, out to reflect on the highlights and what needs to change probably helps with the game plan. Is that, I think that's what I'm hearing you say. So what Ben is asking as well, like what is too much and what is too little? You have to learn. You learn about your pace. You know, you might pick up your pace as well as you get more organized. I see that as the more organized I am, the higher my pace is. And it's also, I know we talk a lot about balance and we have the four keys, but sometimes you have to be off balance, right? Sometimes work has to become number one priority. If you're building a business, work is your priority. You have to be on balance there. So that means you might have to slow down on the other four keys. But you have to be present and focused on that and know that I'm doing this for a period of time and then I have to establish balance again when I come back to it. So I think it's what is too much, what is too little, where is your focus, where do you, what's your goal, what's your end goal here is important to establish as well. Yeah, and that comes back to the intentions as well. Well, how do I want to feel in 12 months time? Because we know that people will go, right, I'm doing this. These are my metrics. This is what I need to achieve. This is what I need from the business, what I need from my team. You go all in. But it's not congruent with, yeah, but when I wake up in 12 months time, this is how I want to feel. And if I don't feel that way, then there's a lack of congruency between the two. What about you, Mike? Thoughts, reflections on that? Yeah, if you think about Ben's question in the context of the business key, according to Jim Collins, you're either a fox or you're a hedgehog. If you ask yourself, am I a fox or am I a hedgehog in the context of his language? What he's saying is, am I the type of person who's going to be very reactive? He was chasing the next idea. He was all over the place, darting here, darting there. You know, new ideas changed my direction. Or have I got faith? Am I a hedgehog? Slow, steady, on point, consistent. I know where I'm going. I've got a vision. Nobody's going to deviate me from that. Nobody's going to take me off course. Hedgehog does just one thing, doesn't it? Like the fox is trying to attack it from all different angles. Yeah, they're a bit devious. Yeah, but the fox does one thing. Yeah, they're hustling, they're chasing the next meal. And if something comes along, they miss great opportunities because they can't help but be distracted. A hedgehog won't get distracted. Slow and steady wins the race. The hedgehog concept is knowing what you're good at, knowing what's meaningful work as opposed to what's urgent work and not letting anybody or anything distract you from that. Yeah, love it. Am I good at it? Does it make money? Do I love it? Yeah, they're the three things in the hedgehog concept. Yeah, nice. Good. He's got another question, and this one comes up a lot, also around mindset, but he's talking about how best to measure against keys like the relationship, where it's more qualitative. How do you measure relationships? Business is easy, right? You've got some metrics, but what about relationships? And we've talked about date nights, trying to fit that in, and you could put a metric around that. Any other tips, ideas? I think if you're present, 
you will pick up on it when you're doing it right. That was the most important thing for me. And if I can share a win from last year, last year, my number one priority in 2021, my number one priority was relationship, was building a strong bond with my daughter. And how do you measure that? Well, I gave her an iPhone for Christmas present last year. She was very happy. And I said, after the dinner, after the present, after everything, I asked her, are you happy with your presents? She said, yeah. But dad, I'm more happy with all the love that you're showing me. I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> you can't throw it out. You're going to make me cry. What are you, what are you doing, Ann? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just, okay, I could tick off that on my vision. Thank you. I think you have to measure that relationship by being present and listen to what they say to you and, and how they respond to your behavior. Yeah, I feel that recently, because I'm I'm running multiple brands, I found myself on my phone a lot more. I'm doing the thing where I'm looking down, looking up. They're asking me a question and I felt that creeping back in again. I have a really good relationship with both my daughters. My youngest son, I've, of course, I have a good relationship with him. But uh, you've just motivated something in me to set some kind of goal around the bond with my son. Because at the moment, it's very much centered around hockey. We're on the ice three, four times a week. And yeah, he didn't want to play on Wednesday. He said he didn't really want to play today. And, and it, I can sense it's becoming a bit of a chore. He's six. And I want it to be fun. And I think I need to start thinking about a bond outside of what is essentially quite easy. With the hockey because I'm going there to coach he's playing it's like a tick in the box for me but it's not enough we need a relationship outside it so you've, you've motivated something in me and to to think about that put that in my plan this year you're getting into a subject that is I think it's really important for us when it comes to the relationship key that you're on your phone more often you're not present what is your plan now to deal with this how are you going to deal with this it's a really good question you know there are obvious things like right I need to just put the phone away when I get in I'm living in Prague, so I, I kind of have an extra hour on the day because obviously I'm working in the UK market for the most part. And so my day finishes at 6.37. But it, it's less about that, actually. And it's just more about I'm noticing that I'm on the phone whilst talking to my kids or I'm on the laptop whilst talking to my kids. So it's more about put the laptop down, push it to one side, be present. It's about why am I doing this multitasking? And it's something that I really stopped doing. It was my eldest daughter. She's 23 now. But obviously, when she was 16, 17, she was the one that would comment on it. So we're talking like five, six years ago. And that's when I started with the four keys and this idea. And I put it away and I just noticed. And I'm wondering if there's a correlation to other things. Maybe my productivity is not as good as it was. Maybe I'm not, you know, I haven't been getting up as early. I'd said earlier that I didn't drink for, for years. And now, you know, just I'm not drinking a lot, but two beers. Has that affected my product? Is there this kind of cause and effect? And I'm just thinking out loud here. You get to the cause, you go, oh, maybe it's because of that one thing. It's causing a ripple of this. Now I'm chasing the game. I'm not as productive as I was. So it's just about eliminating those things again, getting back to what I was doing. My body has been hurting. I know it's because I've been drinking and, and I don't do very well on grains. I do very well on like a ketogenic diet. Obviously over Christmas, I didn't, I didn't follow that. So therefore I, I haven't been swinging the kettlebells often because I've been waking up thinking, back's a bit sore I'm coaching you know all these sort of things a few excuses creeping in so when you kind of get back and you trace it all back to one thing you go oh change that my body feels better i wake up earlier i'm more productive i'm getting stuff done and i'm not chasing the game and that's that's how my life's felt for the last six weeks this is a really important subject to me as well and i've ruined a couple of relationships in the previous with also with my daughter's mother because i'm self-employed and i've been running my own businesses, 
I value the freedom of working when I wanted to, right? But that also means working all the time when I'm, when I'm with my, my girlfriend or, or my daughter. So O.J. Mandigo says this in his book very clearly that you don't think of your family in your marketplace and you don't think about the marketplace in your family. If you do this, it will ruin both. And this is what we are talking about with these intrinsic habits, right? So I'm consciously now working on this, making it a habit. And then I'll go back to Jim quick again, because these two patterns keep crossing over, because what I'm usually afraid of when I start thinking about business when I'm with my friends or my relationship, my daughter who my girlfriend, is that, oh, I have this idea or I'm solving this problem mentally, right? And I'm afraid that I'm going to forget the thought and I don't write it down and it's not going to come back to me. So what I'm doing now, I'm training my mind. I'm training myself to be confident that don't worry, this will come back to you when you sit down at your work desk. So I'm telling myself this. Don't think about this now. You have a great mind. It will come back to you when you're at your work desk. Or I have a piece of paper like I did in Christmas when I was with Lynn. I had a piece of paper. I said, sorry, Lynn, sometimes I'm just going to make a note. That means I'm going to, if I get something on my mind, I'm going to make a note and I'm going to drop it. She said, that's fine. So I do these exercises now where I just write it down the note, boom, and it's out of my head. Or I train myself to say, it's going to come back to me when I sit down to work. And we know with patience, I can train my mind exactly how I want it. So this is going to happen. This is going to be, this is going to be me. And it's really working. Lynn told me the other day. I'm more present. So it's all these exercises and now habits, you know, coming in and working on them. But you have to be conscious about what are you going to do about this problem? How are you going to solve it? What's your 90-day plan, Andrew, to not be on your phone when you're with your kid? And this is what I love about you, Jan, because when you ask these questions in the mastermind, people are having a conversation, they're free-flowing, they're being reopened, and you come in and go, yeah, but how are you going to do it? Like, oh, you mean I have to take some action? Yeah, you have to take some action. <laughs> Let's do this. And we're going to follow up next week and we're not going to let you off the hook. And I, and I love that about the mastermind. First of all, thank you, Ben. We went off on a bit of a tangent there on your questions, but a massive thank you for sending the questions through. If you want a, your question answered, please email me, email me at andrewsilito.com. We can't guarantee it, of course, but because we, we get a lot of questions coming through, but we will aim to share your question. And also we've talked about the mastermind a lot. Don't forget, if you want to have these questions in real time with other like-minded people, then consider the Four Keys Mastermind. Consider the membership and get in touch. Again, you can email me or you can go to fourkeysmastermind.com and you can find out more information about what it is. It is an awesome group of people. So let's get back to the conversation. We talked about intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation, patience. I've come away from some actions. I hope that you out there listening to this, have, you've got maybe some actions. What's been the key takeaway for you? What Jan just said is inspirational, transformational, life-changing in that, in that two-minute, those words he used. It resonates with me is balance. So in the four keys, we all say we want to devote time to our health. We want it to be both our physical health and our mental health. But we also want to devote time to our business. And we want to devote time to the most important thing in our life, which is our relationship. So there's four divisions of time. And achieving balance is not easy. It's a long game. 
and it's a hard game. So my takeaway is I used to be the type of person who would justify thinking about my business all the time because that's how I supported my family. That's how I put food on the table. And it was all a lie. It was all an internal lie. It was me getting the important things in the wrong order. So that's my takeaway. I'm reflecting on balance and the importance of prioritizing relationships. When I'm in business mode, I'm on it. I'm not thinking about relationships. I'm not thinking about my health. I'm thinking about my business. When I'm not in my business mode, I'm not thinking about my business. And that's the big difference for me. I used to be thinking about it all the time. Yeah, I love that. Double down on the on the body, relationships and mindset and the business will take care of itself. Yeah, get the mother three right. And then when you're in business mode, you can be creative because you've got balance in your life. Yeah, and I love your idea that you mentioned earlier about survival. You know, when we're in survival, we're just not creative. We're in that fight flight. We're not creative. And I read that we're supposed to go into that survival mode our ancestors did every seven to 10 days, you know, not every seven to 10 minutes like we do now, you know, and you mentioned about vital organs, you know, that stress and the fact that we, we store carbohydrate, that carbohydrate turns into fat because we're just sat at a desk. It doesn't get burnt up. That gets, surrounds the organs, you know, and that's where we get this in kind of insidious buildup of that visceral fat around the organs. That was a big reminder. Okay. A few other things, anybody else saying, Jan, anything to finish up today? summarize our show for you yeah i i echo for what uh, mike says about uh, yan and yan you, you have put me in so many uncomfortable positions on the mastermind in the last two years so thanks for that but it's the intentions and i think it's right for me parking business goals and intentions to one side there is so much i need to have the balance on on the relationships i've got an amazing relationship with my wife and my son but not to let it coast and you never want to talk about goals when you talk about relationships, do you? Because it shouldn't be a goal because it's your family, it's your loved ones. But the intention to do certain things, because we want to be present and we want to be mindful, but there's so many little things that do add up. And I think I mentioned this before, but those incremental little little notes here, little discussions here, being present, closing the laptop, all these things where we take for granted. That's fine. They'll accept that I'm busy. They'll accept that I'm at work and that's fine but actually it's in that moment you will never get that moment back so when my son says to me daddy do you have a minute and I'm like son give me five minutes but if I'm at home in his place I should always make sure I, I make time for that so yeah and that's um definitely brought a lump to my throat when you're talking about that that's one thing I need to double and triple down on the power of this mastermind as, as I came in now I told this 100 times two years ago I came in to be challenged. I met Andrew. I said, I need to come back to where I was. I, I want to be challenged. I want to challenge myself because when I challenge myself, I'm happy. I wasn't happy where I was. I, I was running a business. I was working four hours a day. I was living a comfortable life, but it, I wasn't happy. And I was missing being around high performers. I missed being around people on a certain level. So, and, and, and this group, you know, I, I love when people challenge me and ask me difficult questions. And I love you guys. And I want you guys to thrive and grow. That's why I ask you guys difficult questions and, and call you out on it. Because I want to see you grow. I want to see you guys win. I really appreciate you. So if you're interested in having your onion peel down to the last layer by me, you can join the mastermind. I will bother you and I will hold you accountable, but you will grow. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, massive thank you to Saint, to Jan, to Mike. You'll be hearing a lot more from these guys 
every week. Uh, they'll be sharing that we have a different topic every week. So please listen in. Thank you so much for listening in to us. Jan, Saint, Mike, you've been awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure to great call. Thanks, gents. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to andrewsilito.com. 